from the Summer Skate Studios, Analytics and Eyeballs is brought to you by Top Golf. At every Top Golf, it's about fun, climate-controlled bays, increased safety measures with your choice of games, as well as our sports bar and restaurant. See your local Top Golf location or topgolf.com. Summer skates, shower shoes, and koozies customized for yourself or your entire team. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. From coast to coast and beyond, wherever you need to be, Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos has a destination that suits your style. Jets Pizza. With six different styles of pizza, eight different types of crust, to go with all of our fresh toppings, you can let your pizza cravings run wild. Peterson Toyota. Earning the trust of our loyal customers at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins every day for over 50 years. Metro by T-Mobile. Go to MetroByTMobile.com to find your perfect plan, all of which come with the power of T-Mobile's 5G network. M-Drive. Our boost and burn is specifically designed to help get you active, get lean, and burn fat. Get yours at mdriveformen.com. Drury Inn & Suites. Find out why we say our home is your home. Visit druryhotels.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Award-winning barbecue for your next catered event, a concert at Allegiant Stadium, or at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Analytics and eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Jordan McAlpine. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans, as it may be. Indeed, this is Analytics and Eyeballs, episode number two. Scott Strandy with you from the Summer Skate Studios in Denver, Colorado tonight. My co-host, back for a second night. It couldn't have been too bad the first night. Jordan McAlpine, <laughs> live from Omaha, Nebraska. Jordan, how are you? Good. I guess we uh, we kept the train on the tracks last week enough to come back for round two. Okay, guys, am I back yet? There you are. Sorry about that, Scott. <laughs> no, I think it was me. I'm having issues here with my headphones and my mic, but um, if you can hear me, that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I guess uh, we jinxed it there with uh, talking about coming back for a second episode off to a roaring start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the way it happens sometimes. When you do live broadcasts, you just never know what's going to happen, but... Yeah, indeed, I, I am here. So uh, as I was saying before I so cut myself off so abruptly, um, tell us about what happened. What happened to Omaha? You sent me a picture, a GIF, but uh, tell, tell me what happened. Yeah, it's a, a strange thing to say the least. Um, 
Chris Bergeron in his three years at Miami has 13 NCHC wins and seven of them have been against Omaha. Uh, I, I know the Mavs last five years here, I want to say they're six, nine and one against the Red Hawks in this season alone, uh, three and five combined against Miami and CC that it's, uh, you go from one week going into the Ralph and beating North Dakota up in Grand Forks to going out to Oxford and getting swept that it's a, uh, an arena and a team out in uh, Oxford, Ohio, that seems to have the Mavs number the last few years here. But it's uh, one of those, another sign of the times of playing hockey on the NCHC with it. So I know uh, Omaha comes home for six straight um, home games here to close out the season. St. Cloud, Denver, and North Dakota back to back to back. That especially if they uh, go on some type of playoff run in St. Paul, that I guess. Uh, there's still hope at the end of the day from the Mavs' perspective, but to uh, to say the least, this past weekend definitely puts a uh, puts a damper on uh, anything heading into the last few weeks here. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Can you hear me now? Is uh, my mic yep. is fading in and out? Oh, <laughs> L- goodness! Loud and clear. <laughs> okay. So anyway, as we uh, we look at things, um, I saw Denver and UMD, and uh, what a great series! I mean, talking to arguably top five teams. I guess Minnesota Duluth just outside the top five. But um, when you looked at what was going on this weekend, that was playoff hockey at its best in college hockey. And um, I think Denver clearly is the better team this year, the two. But Mm -hmm. uh, guess what? A hot goaltender, a hot uh, replacement goaltender. And I'm not sure what's going on in Denver, Jordan, but uh, apparently the uh, UMD team was was pretty sick on Saturday too with uh, some sort of foodborne uh, illness again, and that same thing happened to Western Michigan. So I don't know where they're staying or what they're eating, but they better not do that again. Well, and I will say too with Duluth, you brought up exactly what I was going to get to. What a uh, what a great story there is Zach Stasel coming back in and uh, getting the win with everything that he's been battling here this season with it. But it's a uh, Definitely a little bit of a heavyweight tilt there that you get to see this weekend with it. And I know uh, two teams here in a month or so that I'm sure yourself, myself, and about anyone else around the college hockey landscape are uh, expecting to see uh, when those 16 teams are announced with it. But it's uh, <laughs> oh, all jokes aside, it is funny how that works out between Western and now Duluth with it. But I guess uh, Maybe that's part of the reason the Pios have had as uh, good of a home record as they have put together this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that is the case. Indeed, uh, the uh, the Denver Pioneers lost their first game at home this season uh, to UMD. It was 3-2. And I, I asked Coach Carl afterwards, I said, um, it looked like you guys thought you were still going to pull it out with like two or three minutes. He goes, yeah, well, we've done it before. <laughs> so it, it was not that uh, it wasn't for lack of effort, but uh, Zach Stasco, man, holy cow. He, he was unbelievable. And you could see um, Ryan Fanti on the bench and he was definitely not feeling the best. Um, mm. And we kept wondering if he was coming back in the game and Stasco just took over and just wouldn't let anything by him. Well, and you could even see, I, I will say from State School's perspective, the reaction at the end of the game with his teammates greeting him, uh, both from a from a team standpoint of beating Denver, but number two from an individual standpoint, like I said, of everything Zach's went through this year. I know that was a uh, huge win for that team with it, but it's uh, especially if the Bulldogs can uh, – 
can get can get Zach going. That's saying something because Ryan Fanti's obviously been arguably behind Magnus Krona, probably the best pound for pound goaltender in the NCHC throughout this entire season. That uh, that's quite the one-two punch to uh, have going into a postseason. That uh, you know it and I know it. There uh, as it is in any level of hockey, there's a time and a place that a uh, number two goalie might uh might be needed and obviously you want them sharp and ready to go and looks like at least from this weekend that uh, the Bulldogs are in good shape in that department. Well, speaking of goaltenders that are red hot, Dryden McKay continues his pace (laughs) uh, for Minnesota State. Um, So let's jump right into the polls. Uh, The DCU uh, USCH Division I poll, uh, Minnesota State on top is uh, they've pretty much been all year long, um, followed by Michigan, Denver, Quinnipiac up at four, Minnesota at five, um, Western Michigan, Minnesota Duluth, St. Cloud, and North Dakota at nine. UMass rounds out the top ten. And, Jordan, there's a couple of things that jump out to me, but uh, before I say them, I'm going to let you uh, give me your opinion. What what jumps out to you in that top ten? Is it, is it where it should be, or are there some teams that should be moved around in your opinion? Well, I do have to say something real quick. When uh, you mentioned Dryden McKay with uh, goaltenders in the uh, top 10, you might as well be talking about the uh, NCAA record book with a lot of that stuff too. Um, <laughs> if you look at this top 10 right now, though, I know last weekend we talked on uh, on St. Cloud. Good response by them against Western Michigan. Um, for, for the most part, besides – and I, I know how uh, both of us feel about UMass there, especially coming off the championship last year – could arguably see them sneaking up a few spots, but North Dakota impressive, especially with their defensive depth as depleted as it is right now with uh, Sanderson gone and the injuries on top of it that uh, holding firm at nine right there. And then uh, about the only other thing is maybe Western and Minnesota flip-flop, but I know the uh, Gophers had a good weekend to put themselves right back in contention with the Big Ten there. And I will say one through four, that probably is the order that I – personally would have them in right now i think there is an argument to be made for denver and michigan flip-flopping but especially uh especially coming off the loss to umd that uh i i could see uh both both aspects of that case being made with denver and michigan yeah i totally agree with you as i see those teams right now um i I think the top four definitely there denver seems kind of stuck at three it doesn't it doesn't seem like they'll go down and it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to climb over michigan or minnesota state so uh i guess we can probably start to talk about the fact that they may be the number one seed out here in leveling colorado uh for the ncaa tournament but a little too early yet. We'll let them get through the next three weekends, and then we'll start uh, playing with some more numbers on that. Uh, well, and I, w- that- I will say – sorry yeah, to cut you off, Scott. I will say with Denver, with Denver too, in that top four right there, that especially with how their schedule lines up the rest of the season here, I know I probably sound like a broken record with us talking about this before, but no matter what seed one through four that they end up in there – especially logistically, there's a uh, very good chance if uh, if you're going to Vegas that you can uh, place your bet on DU ended up in Loveland with that regional, no matter how that seating shakes out there. Yeah, totally agree with you on that. I guess the team that I'm still shocked at and maybe not sold on yet, I will give them a lot of credit to play without the guys that are, uh, are missing with the Olympic team. But Minnesota, um, I don't know. I'm just not sold that they're the fifth best team in the country. And um, I've seen Western. Uh, my eyeballs told me when they played down at uh, at Colorado College that they were 
a pretty solid team, better than I had given them credit for. I, I think they could be up at the five <laughs> spot. Uh, Minnesota Duluth is is scary because we know what they do at tournament time, and they seem to be kind of rounding into form right now. Well, you you know it, and I told you and uh, you and Paul this back. And I want to say October, they're right at the start of the season, or even back up at uh, in St. Paul at NCHC Media Day. That uh, there, I know there was a select group of us that might not have been as high on uh, Minnesota Duluth as they've been the last few years here. But at the end of the day, Scott Sandel and coach teams find a way to get it done. That uh, you hit the nail on the head right there. That they are they are catching fire at the right time. It's like uh, it's like the Chicago Blackhawks when they were going through their. Uh, dynasty per se back 10 12 years ago with those cups that uh you could never rule them off no matter where they were in the standings at the end of the year that uh come playoff hockey time they uh flip the switch and find a way to play that uh Duluth is the same way right there I will say with the rankings currently how they are they probably are the right fit at seven um me personally I'm assuming same as you judging of those comments I would probably flip-flop the Gophers and Western especially Western has throughout the entire course of the season. I personally, to me shown a lot more. Um, and also I do think that team is built for more of the postseason. Now the question is how sustainable that they're going to be if they end up making a run. Yeah. Good point. Um, one other thing that, that surprises me after watching St. Cloud play here a couple of weeks ago in Denver um, that they're up to number eight ahead of North Dakota at nine and ahead of UMass at 10. But I guess, you know, when you take Western Michigan, although it was in St. Cloud and you beat, you tie them once and you beat them once, uh, I guess that justifies moving up a little bit. But St. Cloud still is just not a team that's uh, uh, I'm totally locked in on yet. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, and we talked about that last week. I Personally, I think they're the most disappointing team in the NCHC overall so far this season, especially with what they had coming back. Um, you look at that depth, you look at that experience, go to the national championship game last year, you're the preseason conference favorite. They are starting to play well here uh, this, this weekend, and then I know last Tuesday um, beating or – I should say tying <laughs> Duluth in the shootout and taking the extra point that uh, they've really responded well after that Denver and North Dakota series back to back. But I still think it's too little too late for them um, in the NCHC standpoint. Now, from a national perspective, the question is, especially once they get, mind you, they're playing without their head coach right now. Nick Perbix is in Beijing. You got Sam Henges, who when he came back from um, his injury turned into being one of their most effective forwards. When they get those guys back, you have to wonder what type of infusion that's going to do to their lineup. Their schedule the rest of the way. I know they come here this weekend to play Omaha, so I'll actually get a uh, firsthand look at them. But another Tuesday night against Duluth, and then they've got CC at home to close out with and then uh, head back to Duluth for those two games. That... uh. It's a manageable schedule, especially with Omaha and CC on that. And then you look at how they've played Duluth here this season. That um, I wouldn't rule them out yet, especially from a ranking standpoint of really solidifying themselves there um, in the top 12, 13 area and on and upward. But at eight right now, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I don't know that I'm entirely sold on that. 
Okay, one thing I am sold on is the NCHC. Denver, number three. Uh, Western Michigan, six. Minnesota, Duluth, seven. St. Cloud, eight. North Dakota, nine. That tells me that there's five teams, if the tournament were to start right now, that are locks to get into uh, the NCAA tournament. That's a pretty tough conference. I don't think anybody, I know uh, the Big Ten is trying to challenge for that, but I just don't think there's any comparison uh, and I, in, in the quality of play. And I agree with that, and I do think that uh, come a month from now, uh, or a little bit over a month from now, I guess I should say, I do think we're going to see all five of those teams' uh, names come up when it comes time for the uh, selection Sunday to figure out those 16 Okay, one more thing on the uh, the NCHC. Uh, you just laid out the schedule for Omaha. They're going to have six straight home games to close the season. Uh, if they go on a run, uh, A, can they get into the top 16, top 15, 14? Um, it would take a lot, but uh, would that be feasible um, in your opinion, Jordan? Oh, boy. Um With where they sit right now, now at the end of the day, if you look at that schedule, if if you run the table and get six, you'd be sweeping Denver, sweeping North Dakota, and sweeping St. Cloud. That's uh, that's quite the resume builder. But with where they've uh, – they're either 22 or 23, or I think 22 in the pairwise right now. With some of the teams ahead of them, especially looking at how you've got the auto bids – to really give yourself breathing room, you've probably got to be in that top 14, maybe 15 at the fringe with it in the uh, in the country. I still think that's quite the tall ask. Um, looking at the NCHC standings right now, though, they're six back of St. Cloud, and I want to say they're 10 back of Duluth for fourth. Now, granted, Duluth still has a game in hand, Personally, if they are to go on a run, I still think the more likely scenario is they find, especially if St. Cloud beats up on Duluth in uh, in those three games they have, is that the Mavs find a way to get into the top four, go uh, win a playoff series, and then go up to St. Paul and uh, <laughs> pull a rabbit out of the hat and uh, win the conference tournament up there, I, I still think is the uh, the more likely route of the two if they are going to do it but at at this point in the season yeah six games that there's a lot of hockey left especially with the teams that they're playing but at the same time when you're coming off of getting swept against Miami it's uh, a little bit more challenging to have much optimism going into that stretch yeah I hear you so let me uh, let me run down 11 through 20 just to get this out of the way before we take a break Uh, 11 is Ohio State 12 is Notre Dame 13, Northeastern, Michigan Tech, 14, Clarkson, 15, UMass Lowell at 16, Boston University at 17, Cornell at 18, Providence, 19, Connecticut at number 20. Anything that you see there that jumps out at you, Jordan, out of those uh, last 10? Yeah, Paul is ahead of the curve last week on Clarkson, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) He's always ahead of the curve. (laughs) That and the the other one to me that – is the real interesting case that I know we talked about them a little bit more in depth last week though, is UMass Lowell. And I know they're hovering at 16 right now that uh, I know that they've still got a couple weeks here left in the season. That's one of those teams that right now 
them, Michigan Tech, Clarkson. Um, I know you said BU 17 right there that I'd group them into that. There's four or five teams that I think a uh, two, three games here or there type of thing can obviously swing a lot, that there's still a lot left to play for. But that's one of those teams that I could see squeaking their way up into that 13-14 range over the last few weeks here. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back. Let's take a look at that uh, um, the uh, USA Today poll, and then let's look at the top 10 in scoring and in goaltending when we come back. It's analytics and eyeballs. We'll be right back in about two minutes. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs. I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? As you plan your next trip, or perhaps your first trip in a while, Drury Hotels has over 150 locations to help you travel happy again. Winners of 16 consecutive JD Power Awards for guest satisfaction, Drury Hotels treats you right. Free hot breakfast and happy hours, 24-hour fitness and business centers, as well as more than enough Wi-Fi bandwidth to take care of all your connectivity needs. Whether you're traveling for business, catching a hockey game, or just trying to reconnect with cozy moments, Drury Hotels have the location and amenities you need when looking for a place to stay. Call 1-800-DRURY-IN or go to druryhotels.com and book your stay today. Drury Hotels, where our home is your home. All right.
right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Welcome back in to Analytics and Eyeballs from the Summer State Studios. Scott Strandy with you tonight in Denver, Colorado on this Valentine's Day. We love hockey, and that's why Jordan and I are both here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know that's true. But Jordan McAlpine from Omaha, Nebraska, how are you tonight? You stole my uh, my cheesy my cheesy line to get into the <laughs> intro right there. It's a Valentine's tie-in. Uh, I love it. I love it. Okay. I, I did the uh, the USCHO uh, poll. So how about you break down the uh, USA Today poll for us, uh, and uh, and let's see if we can come up with some uh, eyeballs on them as well. Yeah, and I, and I will say as it's uh, as it's been here the last few weeks, uh, <laughs> I, I guess I should say as it's been for uh, for most of the season here with it. There's a uh, there's a lot of similarity um, between them and. We'll start at the top there. Mankato one, Michigan two, Denver three, Quinnipiac four. Um, <laughs> as I said, across the board, a lot of uh, a lot of the same thing. And then we keep going down there. Uh, Western at five and Minnesota at six. I think we're both in agreement on that, Scott. Yeah, absolutely. That's where I think they should be. Duluth at seven, St. Cloud eight, and then we got a uh, UMass and North Dakota rounding out the top ten. And to be uh, bluntly honest with you, I think seven through eight there, that is more so the way I would lean um, with UMass and North Dakota flip flop. There, your thoughts? Yeah, totally agree on that. Uh, I like the fact uh, that Western's got the five spot. I like Minnesota Duluth at seven, based on what my eyeballs told me this weekend. Uh, <laughs> still a little bit. Uh, perplexed by St. Cloud State, but you know what? Um, I don't know if there's uh, eight better teams than them currently, so let's give them the number eight spot and see what happens. You know, and I would almost argue to uh, flip-flop in North Dakota and St. Cloud in that, um, especially, to, I mean, if, if the head-to-head between those teams is any type of a measurement on top of it, that uh, in the current uh, state of the NCHC with it, I'd, I'd be a uh, I'd be a little bit more leery to go up against North Dakota, even without their their top gun in Sanderson. I know they're without Sendin and Jamernick right now too, but uh, I'd be more leery of going up against them than uh, St. Cloud State as it currently sits. Yep, I would agree with you on that. I think that's good. What do we got next? Uh, the got, next ten or whatever they're at. Uh, Eleven through fifteen, we got Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Michigan Tech coming in eleven through thirteen. And then Northeastern and Clarkson to round it out. Uh, once again, Paul Hornstein, uh, way way ahead of us. We've got <laughs> Clarkson, I believe, uh, and we'll find out. Well, Paul's yeah. coming on in about fifteen minutes to give us the Super Sixteen. But um, the one team in that, uh, two teams in that, I'm I'm a little bit perplexed by are Michigan Tech and Northeastern. Uh, I watched uh, Arizona State beat Northeastern, um, albeit it was a, a quickly planned game on a Tuesday night, but still uh, Arizona state did it in, uh, in uh, Massachusetts. So uh, I don't know what to think about them. And I'm perplexed on Michigan tech. I just don't know which team you're going to get each week from Michigan tech. And that is exactly what I said to you and Paul last week (laughs) with, uh, with Michigan tech there. That is the, that is the one team, I guess I should say of, of all the bubble teams for that matter that I, uh, I really don't know how to feel. Um, there's a lot to like, but there's also a lot of worry. And uh, similar to Omaha this year, the one word that comes to mind with them for me is consistency. And I also wonder, especially not to uh, 
slouch the conference that they're playing in by any means with it, but you put them into the uh, the national tournament with it, what that uh, what that's going to look like up in Tech? Yeah, I, uh, I totally agree with you on that. Um, so that kind of rounds that out. We're going to get to our Super 16 and see what uh, Paul Hornstein has here in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, I, I said tonight, Jordan, and maybe from this point forward, uh, we need to talk about the scoring leaders. I had to see, or had the opportunity, I should say, to see the number one uh, point getter in all of NCAA hockey in Denver's Bobby <laughs> Brink. Ten goals, 34 assists. I joked on Friday night with uh, Cole Gutman. I said, uh, were you thinking maybe you should take that empty netter, or, or was it something you had to give to Bobby? And he quickly smiled and said, Bobby set me up quite a few times this year, <laughs> so I thought it was only fair that he got to finish it off. Man, you talk about a turnaround season for a kid, especially with how last year went for Bobby Brink. The uh, the thirty four assists is telling. Is all I gotta say that his his freshman year bursting onto the scene, you saw the speed, you saw the skill that he brought to the table with it. Now it's clicking, and I will say with that Denver team too. What's terrifying about that is they're t- they're two lines deep right now. Where I would say those two lines could arguably be a top obviously a top line on any team in the country with uh, with how Bobby and Gutman are playing together. And then number two, you look at those uh, those freshmen paired together with Cameron Wright that uh, do use a little bit of a buzzsaw, but with Bobby specifically that uh, – and I know I'll say uh, individually two weeks ago when I was up in uh, Grand Forks, I actually uh, tweeted something out about the number of NCHC players who are ranked near the top of the uh, – point leaders in the country right now and i uh i know i endeared myself to uh to a lot of mankato fans real quick off of doing that but uh <laughs> you did i bet you i will i will say with nathan smith right now there is uh obviously a reason that he's playing for team usa and that uh you do have to take that into account especially with what he's missed here but as it stands right now nathan smith and bobby brink have played the same amount of team or games and i would uh make a very fair argument. I know Mankato has had a good non-con schedule as it is, but with Brink specifically, you look at the t- level of goaltending that he's going up against in the NCHC on a nightly basis. Sure, the 10 goals is good, but the more impressive thing, like I said, is those assists. He's consistently setting up guys, and uh, the points are showing for it. Well, one of the things that I'm, I'm going to visit with Bobby tomorrow for a little feature uh, coming up this week um, at ITHSW podcast on the website, IcetimeHockeySW.com. So a little teaser there. I'm Bobby Brink and Shai Booyam are my two guests tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, with Nathan Smith gone now, um, and like you said, they have played the same number of games. So, But one thing I noticed with Bobby this year is that um, he's just really deep on the forecheck. I mean, he is always pressuring people. And uh, him and Cole Gutman have become a pretty good pair um, on the penalty kill as well and get a lot of chances that way. But I think it's the forecheck, uh, Jordan. When I when I see him play, I think that's why he's getting more assists. He's getting to pucks, and it doesn't hurt when you have a Carter Savoy and a Cole Gutman <laughs> uh, as line mates to, uh, to finish it. Final thing on Bobby, he lives with Cole Gutman this year. They're roommates, and uh, I think that makes uh, a real difference. I think their chemistry has just been unbelievable since the start of the season. Well, and I will say too with Bobby, the one thing from uh, from what I and I'm I'm yet to see Denver play in person this season, but from watching uh, 
on NCHC TV with it throughout most of the season. The uh, the two way game. You talk about that forecheck there. That uh, he's taken some strides in that aspect too. And when you uh, when you put a center like Cole Gutman with him that he's playing with, it's a uh, recipe for success. And you were uh, seeing it pay dividends so far. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's round out the uh, the top scores in NCAA hockey. Bobby Brink from Denver, Nathan Smith, Minnesota State. It's 44-41. And then uh, Brian Holani, Holanen, uh, I'm not sure that name, uh, Michigan Tech. And there's that guy again, uh, that team again, Michigan Tech. They got a guy with 40 <laughs> points. Um, are they going to be able to stay there? That's what we don't know. Yeah, and that's the thing that I still think is the uh, the verdict is out on them. They've, uh, I mean, even you go down this list right here. Um, I know Trenton Bliss is down a little bit um, with their goaltending on top of it. They do have the the elements, should I say, to put together to go on a run here. I still just don't know how sustainable that's going to be once they get to the tournament. All right, let's let's try the Minnesota State kid, Julian Nabaravnik. Um, at 37 points, Matty Beneers, everybody knows him from Michigan, 36 points. Owen Sillinger, um, one of the, one of the Sillinger kids that can play hockey. Uh, they all can, by one the of the many, uh, from State. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 36 points for Owen. Um, and here's a surprise maybe for a lot of people that, uh, listen to, uh, the podcast, Matthew Copperud and, uh, Colin Thiessen, both from Arizona state, both with 36 points. And Arizona State has not played a cupcake schedule. They're not in a conference, but they've played a lot of tough teams this year. And for them to have two players tied for fifth is pretty impressive. And then um, Bobby Trevino uh, from Massachusetts with 35. And then uh, a trio tied at uh, 10 with Hank Crone from Northern Michigan. Brett Stapley right here from the Pioneers. And uh, Reese Gaber from North Dakota round out the, uh, the top 10, 11, 12, I guess. And then Carter Savoy right behind that. We go on and on and on. But um, <laughs> uh, your thoughts on on the goal scores is is that kind of what you expected, or was there guys in the top ten, uh, Jordan, that kind of jump out at you as like, where did they come from? Well, I'm gonna add a I'm gonna add a few things in that. Um, I know with Copperud from Arizona State this season, it's been uh it's been interesting. The one number you point to is those power play goals. That with myself here in Omaha, I know him and uh, Taylor Ward have been kind of uh battling back and forth for that NCAA lead in that. But you said it yourself. It is interesting with Arizona State. It's it's not a cupcake schedule, number one. And number two, I don't think it'd be a stretch to say team-wise as a whole, I don't know if the offensive numbers have been where some people expected them to be. But for those two individually to uh, pile up the points that they have, it's uh, – Definitely, uh, definitely a good thing for Greg Powers bunch. Uh, the one, the one big surprise for me is you look at that ten from last year. Hank Crone, a uh, a kid that often found himself as a uh, healthy scratch for Denver last year. It's actually a running joke for a little bit against uh, against Omaha last year. He seemed to torch the Mavericks, and then the rest of the season went uh, went MIA and non-existent offensively. And lo and behold, you turn around in his senior year and he's uh, top 10 in the country putting up the points for Northern Michigan for a team that hasn't been uh, that bad this year on top of it. But the one guy in that list I want to key on and talk about right here is the last guy you said 
Reese Gaber. I know with myself getting to see him up in Grand Forks last weekend, I watched the kid 10, 12, 14 times, however many it was last year between the pod and then Omaha and North Dakota playing a bunch down the stretch. And you recognize the shot, you recognize the skill, but the one thing that I did see last year and definitely got a reminder, the speed that that kid has, it's uh, it's game-breaking in, uh, in every sense of that cliché that uh, he's, I know he got off to a slow start this season on top of it. So to have the 34 points, 14 goals as part of that, he's really coming on strong here the last few weeks with it. Another big week against CC. And I know uh, going back to the, uh, the Omaha series two weeks ago, I want to say he either had like eight or nine points in his last four games or something like that and had a decent weekend against CC on top of it. So that number's only continued to grow. But uh, he's definitely putting himself in the conversation amongst the best forwards in the NCHC this season. And then number two, looking big picture with it, a uh, undrafted kid, lightning fast speed, hell of a shot on top of it. That uh, that all bodes well together when teams come calling. Yeah, free agent contracts. That uh, that, that can happen. Okay, um, I'm going to let you do the goaltenders since I did the uh, the scoring guys. So. Uh, goaltenders are tough, and I'll tell you two reasons that why they're tough uh, on my perspective is, A, the number of game discrepancies uh, played between the goaltenders, and then obviously the competition they're playing against. So um, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> my, my system is, is all messed up tonight. So, so anyway, I'll let you take the goaltenders, and then uh, we'll comment on the top 10 in goaltending. Yeah, and I will preface this by saying uh, goaltender wins in college hockey, or hockey in general, I should say, has to be the uh, most misleading stat on the face of the earth. So, uh, and we'll, how. We'll, and we'll, how. We'll, we'll go off of a uh, save percentage for this one. But I know we got a uh, Yaniv Paritz from Quinnipiac coming in at uh, number one. Uh, Mr. Devon Levi with Northeastern, who is currently overseas right now, <laughs> at number two with 948. <laughs> Uh, Jacob Dobies from Ohio State at 9.34. Dryden McKay, who for change isn't number one in a goaltending statistic at a 9.32. Ian Shane from Cornell at number five at a 9.28. Clay Stevenson from uh, Dartmouth at 9.26. And he's in a three-way tie, actually, for uh, for sixth with uh, Gavin Abrick, Abrick, I don't know if you're familiar Abrick, with that. Yep. Abrick from uh, Army, hey, Scott. Let, and then... let me stop right there. You know how they build a wall at Army? <laughs> a brick at a time. <laughs> ah, okay. That's my bad joke of the day. <laughs> and then uh, Eric Portillo from Michigan rounds out that uh, three-way tie for six. Eric coming in at a, also at 926. Uh, Kyle McClellan from Mercyhurst at 925, and he is tied – with our uh, fan favorite UMass Lowell goaltender, <laughs> Owen Savory, who has a uh, 9 925 save percentage. Okay, where, where do you want me to start on this one? Um, Dryden McKay, as we talked earlier, has got almost every NCAA record and will probably keep them uh, forever. Um, but Yaniv uh, at Quinnipiac, 10 shutouts, a goals against the uh, Point eight four. Uh, you mentioned the save percentage at nine fifty two. That's ridiculous. So while I think Dryden McKay is a great goaltender and probably was deserving of uh, 
of the Dryden of the uh, Dryden Award, <laughs> the Dryden Award of the Richter Award last uh, last year, um, is probably not going to win it again this year because of Quinnipiac. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, and I will say on top of that, you look at the year Quinnipiac has had as a team. He's obviously a big part of that, but the ten shutouts. Mr. Uh, Mr. McKay is not leading that statistical category for a change. That uh, That's telling. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Levi also has nine shutouts tied with Dryden. So I think right there, I think uh, that might be the way the vote goes. But we'll find out about that in April as uh, we look down the list. But just wanted to get those in and let people know that uh, – you know, there's some individual stats. As uh, as much as we know this is a team game, there's some guys that are standing out. And as I said, I'll have a chance to visit with Bobby Brink tomorrow. And uh, Shai Bulliam, uh from Denver. And, uh, again, it's it's an eyeballs thing, Jordan. But, man, has he made a leap. Um, he, he saw a lot of ice time. And one thing I've noticed this year with David Carlton, and maybe it's happened in the past and it just hasn't uh, caught my eye, but um, he is really planning ahead for the tournament. He's mixing up lines. He's giving guys chances to play with other guys. And I asked him about that two weeks in a row now, and he said, hey, he said, uh, when we get to tournament time, you don't know who's going to end up on the, you know, out on the ice at the same time for penalties or illnesses or whatever might happen. So he said, as much as I can, I want guys to get the opportunity to play with as many different people as they can. So it's not foreign to them when you get to a one-and-done scenario like the uh, NCAA tournament. Yeah, and I am going to backtrack real quick and then uh, come, come back to the Denver. One more point of the goaltending, if you don't mind. With, uh, with Levi, you talk about those nine shutouts real quick. The other two things I'll point to, that goals against at 155, and then number two, more importantly, Look at the year Northeastern's had as a team. How much of that is because of him? And also, obviously, they're in that national conversation right now. You almost wonder if they'd uh, if they'd be there without the uh, the type of play they've gotten from their goaltender. Now they are getting tested with uh, with him being away right now. That uh, will be interesting to see how they hold up. But it's uh, it's definitely worth monitoring. Um, when you're considering that uh, goaltender of the year award at the Richter at the end of the year individually plus the uh, team impact with it. So, And then number two with uh, Denver to get into it. I uh, I agree with DC. It's obviously a great strategy, but the one thing I will say about Shy, you look at that defensive core that uh, DC has to work with at Denver, Sean Barron's to Amisto, obviously Benning on top of it. There's a, uh, He's got a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of depth to uh, to deal from and a lot to work with there. So uh, to see see shy get the expanded role the next couple of weeks here on top of what he's gotten here recently only uh, only helps going into crunch time at the tournament yeah you know i said uh last year everybody was going like hey look at number three uh auntie Tumisto. uh auntie's played very very well very steady i thought over the last couple of weeks he's gotten a little bit more offensive from his defensive position but uh, when you don't talk about Antti Tuomisto very much, that means you got a lot of depth <laughs> because he, he was a, a big piece of Denver's team last year. Oh, yeah, one and I think he's arguably the best defenseman on that team. Yeah, for sure. As, as, it, curr- as it currently sits still. Yeah, he, he very well could be. I will tell you right now, though, that uh, Sean Barons is coming on strong, and I heard a rumor in Denver last week that um, – 
the the Avalanche were playing the other uh, last week sometime. I can't remember what day it was, but uh, there were scouts from Philadelphia in town, and um, they were talking talking trade. I, I think we all know who uh, the uh, Avalanche were looking at in Claude Giroux. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was going on. I heard rumblings that one of the guys that that uh, Philadelphia would like back. Uh, would be Sean Barron's, and and I think that was a deal killer, because with uh, Bowen Byram, with the uh, Avalanche, um, unsure of when and if he'll play again. Um, man, Sean Barron's, Kale McCarr, uh, Devon Taves. You just go down the list of that that NHL roster on defense, and wow, I can see why they wouldn't want to give him up. And Barron's is one of those guys too that I know a lot of scouts are. Uh under the belief belief that there's not going to be much of a uh, adjustment, hang up or delay when it comes time to mold into the, uh, the pro side of it with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's crazy what's going on in Denver right now. When I got here, I didn't realize what I was going to be amidst of. And tomorrow night, uh, just for, for giggles, I'm going to see the Eagles play against Henderson, but all three of the NCAA team in Denver at university of Denver, the uh, Colorado Eagles and the Colorado Avalanche are just having phenomenal seasons. And uh, you just got to wonder if, how it's all going to play out tournament time. But uh, don't be surprised if there's a lot of Denver or Colorado teams up near the top of a lot of different categories in hockey. Well, and the other thing you don't you don't even mention right there is big picture with it on top of this year. It uh, It definitely looks sustainable for the future, too. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, you know, at the University of Denver, D.C.'s turned it around now. And uh, last year, they, they just really want to throw away as an anomaly. It was not anything. And I said this from the start last year. It was not going to be a good year for Denver um, having to not have any kind of uh, quote-unquote preseason slash non-conference games and then playing that kind of a schedule in the uh, in the pot. I just think it didn't fit their style. Well, it's different this year, and it's showing. So, Okay, let's do this, Jordan. Let's take one more quick break, and let's come back, and let's bring on the Super 16. Paul Hornstein will join us in two minutes. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? big William Carlson fan, or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player, or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or behindthemask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. 
go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. All right, well, welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, this is Analytics and Eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studio in both Denver and uh, Omaha tonight. Scott Strandy with you in Denver. Jordan McAlpine with you from Omaha, Nebraska. And it's our pleasure to bring in Mr. Super 16, Paul Hornstein. Paul, Jordan, and Scott, how are you? Uh, wishing and hoping you limited yourself to one bad joke a day. Oh, you want another one? I can give you one more. Well, no, that's the problem. I've been listening to him all day. That's the problem. <laughs> do, you, do you want me to throw out a, a little nickname? Because I've got Bobby the Blur. No, we're, we're done. Well, listen, I've been listening to your <laughs> nicknames, and I'll just leave it hey, Paul, an adjective for a long Paul, time. Paul, do you know how they build a, a wall at Army? Yeah, I heard. A brick at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay, let us know uh, what's going on. We'll, uh, do you want to give us some tonight, or you want me to break them down for you, or how do you want to do this? Well, I don't know. I'm just a guest. You're the host. You no, you, you, do. you break the song for us. Or Jordan, do you want to do it tonight? you want to break down the... Uh, he doesn't have it, does he? This, yeah, well, he does, doesn't he? Oh, okay. Jordan, oh, I, I, I sent it to you, right? Yeah, I, I can. I, I figured he's uh, he's all yours, though, Scott. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, that, this is more like it. Break it down, Jordan. Break down the top eight at least, and then I'll do the second eight. Oh, uh, I, I can hit all of them too. For Paul, you want them in? Uh, you want them in four? Yeah, do, uh, do them in yeah, four at a time, and we'll let Paul I mean, comment on them. All righty, we got a uh, Minnesota State coming in at one, Michigan at two, Denver at three, and Quinnipiac at four, like it was meant to be. Oh, <laughs> uh, listen, I, I I can't even tell you how much I still hate putting. Michigan in there, I, I just, uh, but uh, you know, the numbers and the results tell me that I don't have a choice. I mean, you know, with Quinnipiac and Denver both losing this week, uh, just the way it's got to be. Um, I, I hope I can change it at some point in the next three weeks, but um, you know. And it's not like Quinnipiac lost to anybody, uh, you know, just, you know, somebody in the 40s or 50s in the Fairways. They lost to Clarkson. And Clarkson, since <laughs> January, has kind of become the Clarkson we expect them to be on a regular basis. Okay, um, so let, let me ask you this, Paul. If the tournament were to start today and these were your top four seeds, right? Um, out of those four, who do you think's got the best game right now uh, to win four in a row, one game at a time, as we like to say, but to win four in a row and win the whole thing, if you had to pick one of these four. Do I get to see matchups first? No. Just, just, <laughs> just from Wing what it. you've seen from these teams, Paul, <laughs> who do you think would be the – who's got the best lineup to, to take it through the NCAA tournament gauntlet? Um, I, I have to stick with Minnesota State. Yeah, and it has everything to do I, with number 29. Jordan, yep. your thought? I would agree with Paul 100% right there. Okay. I, so I, I do, I, 
He's he's winning the Richter. I don't give a crap what anybody says. He's winning the darn thing. You might as well just give it to him now. And I, Ooh, when that's you a bold statement. <laughs> when when you throw Smith on top of that, and the depth that that team has going for him right now, they're uh they're a buzzsaw. And I, I <laughs> it's one of those things where almost from a psychological standpoint, they finally cleared that hurdle of uh, getting that very elusive tournament win uh, last season that you don't have that hanging over you as a cloud heading into this season. Now, Paul, I do got to ask real quick. Uh, why would you have anything against Michigan? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just, it's just a gut feeling. Um, uh, just reason might right? have to do with a game that wasn't played. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's get out uh, to let's five get through uh, five through eight. Here we got uh, North Dakota coming in at five. Uh, Notre Dame at six. Your favorite Minnesota Golden Gophers, Paul, at seven, and UMass at eight. Wait, did I put it down that way? Is I don't think that's how I put it, but <laughs> uh, these teams just keep winning. <laughs> I mean. Um, and it's not like these are not talented teams. I mean, honestly, as much as it, I can't stand that other maroon and gold team, um, you know, they're playing now like everybody thought they would be playing too at the beginning of the season, kind of like Clarkson. And there, was, there were a bunch of teams that are doing that. Um, somebody that's not, that, that is making a run, especially up to pairwise, um, that's normally a, a college hockey blue blood. I don't, I don't, I don't want to name them until after we're done here, but because they're not in the sixteen, and I don't want to ruin it. But uh, you know, we went to go see them a few weeks ago, and it just they're just they're playing up to their expected levels now, and you have to respect that. Well, and I will say the two things with the Gophers real quick to uh, keep in mind is there's uh, there's more reinforcements that are going to be on the way in a couple weeks here. And then number two, the uh, with getting those guys back from the Olympics, and number two, the other big question mark, how that goaltending was going to hold up with LaFontaine out of the picture. And uh, so far they've passed the test. Uh, well, big, week, big weekend against Ohio State this past weekend yeah. here on top of it. Yeah, I mean – how many times do we see it in sports? Not just hockey, but in sports. Uh, a, a, a team not necessarily playing up to their level or expected level. They lose a few guys for different reasons. And and for whatever reason, um, the, the, the team just kind of rallies around being, quote, shorthanded. And maybe it intensifies their focus. Maybe it, 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 it wakes them up a little bit. You know, it, it could because clearly those kinds of things have happened to some of these teams. Okay, let me ask you this. I think Jordan's going to be in agreement with me when I say this, but North Dakota at number five, um, I like that. I think that they're they're a strong team and, and should be there. Um, but... Jordan, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I will say as it currently sits, I would probably lean uh, 
at least for this week with the pole standpoint, maybe closer to that seven to eight range, but especially once they get Sanderson back and uh, better yet get healthy with uh, Jammer and uh, Mark Sendon out, especially that, uh, that team, that team isn't the North Dakotas of the last couple years with the firepower that they have understandably. So when you lose eight guys to NHL contracts, but at the end of the day, it's a, uh, another potent North Dakota team. And you've seen in the last couple of weeks here, they, uh, I know they had a rough, rough stretch there in January, but they've, uh, they've really, really put it back in the right direction here. So I do like that pick. Okay. Nine through 12. This is where we start to get to the disagreements. <laughs> oh, <laughs> UMass Lowell. Buckle up everybody. UMass Lowell at nine, Western Michigan at 10. Clarkson at 11, and Michigan Tech in at 12. Scott, I'll let you start it off. <laughs> oh, of course you will. <laughs> okay, well, I, I'm going to sneak ahead to uh, the next set because there's two teams, number 15 oh, and 16, geez. that I thought should be in that Passing 9 to 12 range. But uh, um, I don't know. Paul? Well, what I mean, first of all, I mean, you still have to do it on the ice, <laughs> don't you? I mean, you, winning's got to count for something. And if you haven't been consistent, why should you uh, benefit from it? Okay, uh, your Bulldogs, your UMD Bulldogs, were one one and one this week. They played okay. That's pretty consistent. One one and one. Yeah, well, yeah. If you're building a picket fence. <laughs> hey, do you know how you build a fence in the Army? A brick at a time. You don't build fences with bricks. You, you could. You I wouldn't could. advise I wouldn't Have advise you been in Arizona? That would be called a wall. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Jordan? Western? What's holding you back, I mean, Jordan? Jump in on them. I mean... I'll, I'll let him voice his concerns first, and I'll rebuttal. <laughs> well, you know, Western, you know, they uh, – I, I, not that I have anything against against the, their, their team. It's just, you know, teams are winning, teams are losing. Um, it's about the, the – this almost has the same consistency as the pairwise does this year, where those teams outside of the top – four or five or just bouncing up and down. I will, I will say with yours, the, uh, the one team that I would be, be cautious with is a uh, Notre Dame and at six there that, uh, yeah, I, I, I would entertain dropping them. And then, uh, you know, where I stand on Western with, uh, bumping them up, but I will say you, we joked before you joined on, you're, uh, you're ahead of the curve on the, uh, Clarkson team. And, uh, they uh they're turning it on here, especially as a late here. That I do like that pick, um, in at number eleven. I don't know that I'm entirely sold on Michigan Tech. I would consider them as more of a bubble team as it sits now, especially with at twelve. I don't know about that. And to Scott's point with Duluth, yeah, one one and one might not exactly look like the uh, the glamour <laughs> record that you want it to be. But especially down the structure these next couple weeks, I'm uh, I'm expecting Scott Sandlin's team to uh, to kind of, 
I don't know if I'd even say go on a run here, but do what they <laughs> do what, what they, they do. do up in Duluth, yeah, exactly. for lack of a better term. That uh, sure, I I would argue that they're probably somewhere in that ten to sixteen range potentially when it's all said and done. I would bump them up a little bit, especially in a head-to-head matchup with either Ohio State, Northeastern, or Michigan Tech. I'd uh, I'd take Duluth in that matchup every time. Now St. Cloud. That's a different story, and I, I do think I'm actually very intrigued myself to get to see them in person this weekend. Granted, it's going to be without a little bit of firepower and their head coach, but that is the team to me that is very puzzling, to say the least. That uh, I'm I'm interested interested to see what type of Huskies team comes out. So is the coach. <laughs> the, okay. the the interim coach, you mean? Yeah, well, get us through thirteen to sixteen, Jordan. Oh, I thought you just jumped into him. No, you give him. I just teased it. Oh, all righty. <laughs> well, well, we've we've got north. I, we got northeastern at thirteen, who uh, actually just lost to BU in the uh, Bean Pot. Overtime because um, that was nothing, nothing for the longest time. Yeah, one nothing final. Um, Ohio State is in at fourteen. Duluth is at fifteen, and Saint Cloud is at sixteen. Um, you have your chance now. Uh, it's still Monday. You can uh, you can entertain sliding BU into that 16 range if you want to. <laughs> I thought about it. I, I seriously thought about it. And um, I, I sat there and I'm like, do I want that? Do I? That was the debate, basically, St. Cloud or BU. And I gave B, uh, St. Cloud the, the, the slight edge based on the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, if it's you know, a, I've seen if it, BU play in person, so it's not like I'm not familiar with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was it was almost a coin flip. I'm not going to lie. S- when when I when you get down to the bottom and it's between two teams, I, I will have a tendency to lean on the team from the stronger conference. Yeah, and I was going to say, just seeing it with this win, I just went and checked the pairwise. This moves BU up to 14. Wow. That uh, they've uh, they've won. I know they've won seven straight now here. That uh, they're they're on a little bit of a roll that I can't exactly say if you would have told me a month ago that that was a team that we'd be considering now, that I would uh, take that bet for you. But lo and behold, we're here. <laughs> well, let's talk. I mean, I know you guys talked about it. Um already but i'm just going to kind of throw my two cents in just the fact that you that you uh have updated that the pairwise has been updated with the games tonight to have bu go from 18 to 14 you could sit here and look at the pairwise and say okay michigan tech right now is 10 north dakota is at 11 um when you get from 12 even uh, all the way down to 20, maybe even 21 with AIC. Um, one good win bounces you all over the place. Or one, lo- or, or one, one loss. Or one loss, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, right now, low, uh, uh, strictly on the pairwise. This is obviously, and that's what they go by. Uh, the cutoff is Clarkson at 54-11. And Lowell 
is at 16 at 5408 northeastern at 17 5406 providence 5362 connecticut 5350 merrimack 53 i don't know why merrimack is behind connecticut at 5354 but so be it in aic <laughs> 21 5268 i mean i mean this literally is going to go down at the conference tar- the, the the last round of the conference tournament well, and Scott and I, Scott and I talked about this earlier too. Of any year, this is one of those ones where uh, if you're in that 16 spot, I don't know how much uh, comfort there is that comes with it, especially with the auto bids. To really have a chance, I almost think you have to solidify yourself in that top 14. Uh, that might not even be good enough. Yeah, it's called college hockey parody, I think, guys. Well, I mean. <laughs> We knew uh, this was coming, didn't we? Didn't we all figure this would be coming this year? You would, well, yeah. I mean, um, you know, who's to say Harvard couldn't win the ECAC tournament? Yeah, you, I mean, not that's the thing. Out. The conference or tournaments are up out. in the air. Uh, I want to say one thing, guys. Um, yeah, Jordan and I talked about this earlier, Paul. I don't know if you heard or not, but the NCHC schedules for the top teams coming down the stretch really something. I mean. Omaha is is outside looking in, way way looking in at the moment, but they've got six straight home games to end the regular season and a conference tournament to play in. Would anybody be surprised if they went on a run? Well, once again, it starts in the net, right? I mean, if Isaiah Seville gets hot and 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 carries them. I don't know if they've been consistent enough offensively <laughs> to 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 make that run. I heard something. I don't know where it came from. That's <laughs> uh, just the, the way it is. I mean, uh, like I said, I don't. I didn't catch the first ten or fifteen minutes, so I don't know. What you you know, you guys had comments about the pairwise, but um, you know, I thought also when AIC lost that game a couple of weeks ago that that would kill them. Uh, it's not. It, they're still right there. Yeah, and, and, and to top that off, Minnesota Duluth has got North Dakota and Western Michigan um, on their schedule the last uh, couple of weekends. Um, Denver going to Western this weekend, then That's goes a to huge Omaha series. And, yeah. <laughs> and comes home and gets the, uh, the Colorado College Tigers. So I think the schedule makers really laid this out well if you look at the teams that are uh, doing – doing pretty well in the nchc right now it's going to be a battle right to the very last weekend well and i will i will say too with with omaha not sorry to jump in for any of their ball but with with the uh with the playoff matchup depending on who they get in that first round is going to be a big uh and obviously that's going to be the case for any team but uh it's going to be a big factor in uh in what they're able to do that uh it's crazy to think about this, and especially with how uh, the, those top three right now in the NCHC are stacked up, that you could really see those chips falling into any place with it. But <laughs> of, of those three, with the success they've had in recent years, North Dakota is almost the, uh, the best matchup for, from the Omaha standpoint of that. And obviously, we all know going up to the Ralph for a playoff series is uh, no easy ask, and at least... I know I said this to you, Scott, earlier. I don't know if uh, you caught this yourself, Paul, but at, 
for Omaha to have a legit, legitimate chance. I, uh, I think, I think a playoff series win obviously is a uh, is a must in order to do so. Those six regular season games aren't going to move the needle enough for me. Um, here's what I will say. All right, if you look looking at the pairwise right now, you sit there and you, and you figure that the top eight are definitely in. I don't I don't see how they could lose enough to drop. But at the same time, uh, if you're in that in in the NCHC, you want to get the heck out of. I mean, you, you want to. It's almost a lock at this point that it's going to be St. Cloud and Duluth in the first round. And, you know, break after that. I, 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 you almost want to play the winner of that, the winner of that series, because they're going to be beat. They're going to be beat up. Um, Well, and the, the interesting about that too, to keep in mind is they're going to play three regular season games head to head against each other down the stretch that, Is if a playoff series is enough, let's say hypothetically they go three games in that series if they do meet, that's uh, that's six opportunities to essentially beat the crap out of each other heading into a uh, heading into a postseason run. That uh, those almost might be the type of teams that you want to catch <laughs> when, when it comes tournament times with it. Well, this is this is what I'll say, and 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 Scott knows this, and um, I was asked for some garlic. The other night, um, yeah. when it comes, I relayed to Duluth, that message for you. <laughs> um, it, basically, for the last five years, I've called Duluth a vampire. They're not dead until they're dead. <laughs> um, and even then, you got to wonder, right? And even then, you got to wonder. I mean, listen, this is not knocking Fanty or Stayskill, okay? Um, but oh, what the heck is his name? Duluth goalie? The goalie they had before these two. Hunter Shepard? Shepard, yeah. Um, Especially with him because he was was as good as anybody in college hockey, uh, if not right up there. And it's just, you know, it's just the way they play. It's the mindset up there. And and I have a big jar of garlic. And, you know, (laughs) if David Carl wants to pay me for it, I'm more than happy to (laughs) – or somebody wants to pay me for it, not just Denver, but I'm more than happy to send it to them. <laughs> okay, guys, uh, uh, we could go on on this for hours because it's it's a great topic. Um, we'll end it tonight by saying you want to join us tomorrow night, folks. It's going to be a great show. We're going early, 5 o'clock Mountain Time. Uh, Coach Craig Powers from Arizona State is going to be joining us tomorrow. We can't wait to visit with him. Um find out a little bit about where they're headed both on and off the ice and uh paul and i'll be waiting for it it's uh it's going to be a lot of fun um wednesday night of course Stephen marsh and i will be back and uh, have a episode of great west college hockey podcast where we're having the uh head coach from the number nine team in the country the marital saints john hogan will be joining us wednesday night so Stay tuned. Uh, Paul, thanks again for uh, for the insight. Always good stuff. Jordan, take it away. From the Summer Skate Studios, Analytics and Eyeballs has been brought to you by the NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to NCHC.tv and catch all the action from the toughest conference in all of college hockey today. Drury Inn and Suites, 
now an official Disney World hotel. Book your stay at our new Lake Buena Vista location opening this October or at any location at DruryHotels.com. By Summer Skates. Whether you use your own name and number or you want to represent your favorite player, show off your game and style. Visit SummerSkates.com for more information on how to get your personalized shower shoes and koozies today. Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to our $60 a month plan, which includes an Amazon Prime membership. See one of our stores for more details today. By Behind the Mask. No one knows goalie needs better than we do. Visit BehindTheMask.com or three Valley locations for more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, our food sums up one word, perfection. By M-Drive. For supplements to fuel and refine your drive, visit mdriveformen.com. Peterson Toyota. Located at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins, our staff works hard to make sure we get the right car that fits your needs. Shop our selection of both new and pre-owned vehicles today. Jets Pizza. It's more than just great pizza. You'll love our wings, sidekicks, and more. Find the location near you at JetsPizza.com. And by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Worldwide, Caesars is where the action is. Analytics and eyeballs and all the Ice Time Hockey Southwest podcasts are recorded live on the Podbean app. You can also download any of our shows on iTunes, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on TuneIn. Analytics and eyeballs and all of our weekly podcasts come to you from the Summer Skate Studios and are a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. We'll say happy Valentine's to everybody, especially uh, my beautiful wife, who is working as hard as she can on Valentine's Day, about, I don't know, a thousand miles away from where (laughs) I am at right now. But uh, Valentine's Day show, we love hockey. We love our executive producer, Terry, have a great evening. And you guys, we will talk to you both again very, very soon. And lots of great hockey coming. Don't miss tomorrow night show, folks. I promise it's going to be well worth a listen. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.